What's good, everybody? Happy New Year, and welcome to the first episode of the 2024 Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton. This podcast is available on all platforms, so wherever you get your podcast from, make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Make sure you give me five stars. Anything less than five stars, you are a certified bona fide hater. You can find me on Stitcher, Anchor, Google, Apple, Spotify. If I'm there, Google me. You can find me. You can find me on Instagram at MoneyCompt. You can also follow me on the Twitterverse slash X at SportsBusiness. That's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show at SportsBusiness at gmail.com. Coming up on today's show, we are going to talk about the NFL playoffs preview, some things I'm looking out for, some things I'm not. We're also going to talk about the NBA fast break takes that I got. And then we also, before we get up out of here, we're going to talk about the dummy of the day. But first things first, this is the first episode of the 2024 year. Um, I am not one for New Year's resolutions. Like, that ain't never been me. I ain't never wanted to be like New Year, New Me. That's also whack. Um, that you gotta wait until the new year to try to want to better yourself. I wake up every day trying to be better than I was yesterday. Um, but I did see a lot of things during my hiatus during these last two weeks where I took took time to chill out the fam. Um, and especially last week. Um, there's a lot of weirdos hanging around these these walls of social media where I don't know what it's been. I don't know if it was just because I disconnected or I didn't really post as much, but just kind of floating around and seeing the things that I saw on social media just made me look at a lot of y'all like y'all are a whole bunch of weirdos to the point where just the fascination of y'all loving these celebrities the way you do. And I'm going to get into this a little bit later in today's show, but two things that really stuck out to me was the Cat Williams interview at Club Shay Shay. Um, One, I found out that y'all just got two hours and 48 minutes to spare. I really don't have two hours and 48 minutes to spare for hearing whatever Cat Williams had to say to quote unquote expose Hollywood. All right. So he said whatever he said. I don't like I said, I haven't even watched a snippet of it. I really don't care. Opposed supposedly he went on on Club Shannon Sharp's uh, podcast and quote unquote, um, Exposed Kevin Hart, Steve Harvey, Cedric the Entertainer, basically every comedian known to mankind. All right, so now that y'all got this information that Cat Williams said, what are y'all gonna do? Boycott these people? Y'all gonna stop rocking with these people? No? Yes, no, no, probably no. Y'all still gonna keep watching a lot of the stuff. A lot of these comedians and, um, you know, celebrities already have moguls, so like they're already doing other things that you probably don't even know for so unless you actually did your research and actually found out every little piece and network that they do for you to boycott them you'll probably be back at watching club shay shay's two hour 48 minute podcast with Kate, uh, cat williams so that's weird okay cut it out so what so what he said what he had to say cool is that gonna sit there and uh, and make the government still keep functioning by the end of september 30th this year no with that information that Cat Williams told y'all, is that going to stop whatever's going on in Palestine and the Gaza Strip? No. Is that going to stop all the homelessness and everything else that's going on? No. So why y'all care? Like, that's weird. Leave it alone. So what? He said it. Cool. It was funny. Haha. Keep it pushing. But y'all have to take it to a whole nother level. Y'all are just so um, consumed by what's going on in celebrities news. It's just weird. 
the other thing that I saw this week, which was really, really weird. And I'm going to tell you a story. When I was in the military, in order for you to pick up the rank of sergeant, you had to go to a promotion board. And at that promotion board, you were deemed either a pass or a no pass. And once when you were deemed a pass, you were based off of a point system and based off of whatever you've done with your military career, whether it's your physical fitness test, how you did at, how's your marksmanship, how did you do with your civilian education, as well as your military education, that all accumulates to different points. And then depending on what your job sector is, those points would be accumulated and they would determine what this month's points were looking like and what the next month's points were looking like. Y'all sat here and ran around with this Jeffrey Epstein's quote unquote list looking like a lot of us did in the military to figure out who made the cutoff list. Who made cutoffs just makes the promotion list. Y'all were so consumed about Stephen Hawking being there, Bill Clinton, Donald Trump, um, as if it was your own family members being out there on this list of celebrities that were going to Jeffrey Epstein. And then let me, let me, let me, let me say this about the whole situation. Whatever that man did was sounds like he did a lot of weird and shady stuff. So I don't want to act like I am <clears throat> did de de dismissing the, the claims that this Jeffrey Epstein person did, but for y'all to be running around here and being so consumed on who was on this list is weird again. You know, Aaron Rodgers made something on the Pat McAfee pot show, the radio show about Jimmy Kimmel being on this list where Jimmy Kimmel was like, don't need to associate my name on about this. Now, I will say this, <clears throat> being on TV, I've been on TV before, you actually go through a legal disclaimer. Like there's a couple of lawyers that will come on to you, especially on live TV and say, hey, you know, you're going to be on live TV. These are things that you can and cannot say. The first thing they usually say is you cannot sit here and, as an example and say such and such is a pedophile. Aaron Rodgers literally just broke rule number one. So um, that whole situation is weird. But the fact that y'all have been so consumed on what's been going on with these celebrities and who's on this list and who did what, just 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 do this this year. Worry about your own damn selves, okay? Live y'all lives. These celebrities don't give a damn about you. They really don't. They worried about making their money. They worried about getting as much as they can. And they not tripping off of you. So I would suggest you to do the same as them. It's that simple. That's just my two cents. How about y'all just focus on y'all for 2024? That's what I would suggest. Now, let me get off my soapbox because this is a sports podcast. My next set of things I need to grieve out because it's been about two weeks since I haven't been on the show was, you know, as we are here on this recording right before the college football playoff finals between Washington and the University of Michigan. And I believe during what was that Georgia against Florida State, everyone made a big stink about Florida State not showing up. Um, and basically we're playing dead against Georgia, which I kind of saw that happening, but I didn't know that was going to be that bad. Here's the thing. But now next year with it being 12 teams, which I think is way too many teams to be in. I think it should have been either six or eight. Um, the fact that you're going to have 12 teams, one college conference, uh, playoffs or conference championships should, should be a thing of the past. And then two, if you're not in the 12, the final 12, um, if you're not in the 12 team tournament profile match uh, games, there shouldn't be any bowl games. Like, don't nobody give a damn about no Pop Tart bowl. Nobody cares about the cheesy bowl. All right. No one's watching those games. And the people that are watching those games are some another set of weirdos that just love to sit here and bet on anything that they can get their hands on as if it's like crack. And I've already told you on previous podcasts about how I feel about all of this betting going on. Um, those are the only people that care about the cheese it bowl. Okay. They need to get rid of the bowls. If you're not in the college football playoff tournament, that's it. Cool. I'm tired of seeing six and six teams. I'm tired of seeing players that just want to opt out and worry about their draft stock and yada, yada, yada. 
and, and it's just a bad product. Like, I watched probably, I don't know, a couple snippets of these bowl games. They're trash. They are horrible um, outside of the New Year's Six games for the most part. So, dear, dear NCAA or whoever's governing college football nowadays, <clears throat> get rid of these stupid bowl games. Nobody cares about the Bahama Bowl. <clears throat> Nobody cares about the... Um, uh, what's another bowl, the, the Alamo Bowl, or whatever the case may be, just get rid of those, because no one's watching them, nobody's attending to them, and you have to do yourselves a lot of favors. Now, with that being said, yesterday was the wrap-up of the NFL regular season out of 272 games that have been played for the last 18 weeks. We have came to a conclusion where we now have the wild, we have the tournament, or the teams that are set for the um, NFL postseason. You got the San Francisco 49ers that have secured the number one seed. You also have the Baltimore Ravens that was able to do it on their side. You also have Pittsburgh that was able to secure their side. Cleveland was able to secure a spot. Houston ended up winning the South Division of the AFC. You also have Kansas City against Miami. Buffalo, um, Dallas and Green Bay, Detroit against uh, the Rams. And then you also got Philly who was just looking like Mike Tyson getting knocked out by Buster Douglas who's looking for his mouthpiece and can't get up. Um, out of those teams, I'm gonna tell y'all right now, Niners fans, Niners fans, 49ers fans, <clears throat> I will say this, y'all better win the Super Bowl or else. It's just that simple. If the Niners don't win the Super Bowl this year, it will be an epic failure. Um, cause if not this year, then when? Like, it, it, it's it, time is time. And I get it that they lost to the Ravens a couple of weeks ago on Christmas Day, which even then, I didn't think that loss was as bad. If you think about how bad Brock Purdy played, all the way up until about the middle of the third quarter, that game was still within reach after he had thrown three interceptions. Um, so, and if you think about those three interceptions, I want to say two of those were tip passes or something like that. Outside of that first interception that he blew through in the red zone, that was a god-awful um pass that he threw but other than that <coughs> excuse me that game they were still within arm's length like it wasn't a it wasn't a full-fledged blowout until about halfway through the third quarter going into the fourth quarter so i'm not saying that baltimore is night light years away from the 49ers i think that they caught the 49ers um they pounced on them and they made things happen so i will say this this is the super bowl where if the niners don't win then win um, and the same can actually be said about the Dallas Cowboys as well this year. Um, they've secured the number two seed, and I think that is 19 years in a row that the NFC East has now had a different divisional winner. And that means that Dallas, as of right now, gets two home games to host. And I think the Dallas Cowboys were 7-0 and um, at home or 8-0 at home, 7-1, 8-0, something like that at home, which means that they're pretty much unbeatable. I saw them against the Seattle Seahawks a few weeks ago, and when they're at home it's a different they're a different monster um their swag is always on a million and they, they feel like they can't be beaten so if they can handle their business and beat a green bay packer team which storyline wise is mike mccarthy's former team that he's playing with playing against that won a super bowl with it's going to be very very interesting so i'm thinking that if any team that could possibly knock off the 49ers that has a puncher's chance it's probably the cowboys um Detroit, y'all already know how I feel about Detroit. LOL. I have. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I would not be shocked if the LA Rams beat the Detroit Lions at home. You got Matt Stafford who's going back home in a playoff game 
I know that the Lions fans, um, you know, the, that, that environment at Ford Field is going to be out of control, but I have zero faith in the Detroit Lions. One, they struggled against a Nick Mullins um, football, football-led team yesterday. Nick Mullins, y'all, like, the game was kind of within reach all the way up until the end of the game, but I'm not sold on the Lions. Like I said, I have seen the Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers win in my lifetime. It ain't been since 1993 since the last time the Detroit Lions even won a division. <laughs> let alone anything even close to something close to the Super Bowl. So let's just get that out of the way. Until I see the boys actually win it, I don't believe in them. I just don't. They're going to have to prove to me that they can actually win it. And even when they do win it, I still ain't going to believe in them. So good luck, but I would not be shocked. And that is my upset alert is that the LA Rams will beat the Detroit Lions. If you look at the way LA has been playing, they I know yesterday was a one-off wash you know, somewhat of a hypothetical preseason game because nobody from L.A. really played um, and nobody from San Francisco really played because they had, you know, L.A. couldn't really advance to where they needed as far as playoff seating and San Francisco had to wrap up the number one seed overall. So it was essentially a glorified preseason game yesterday. Um, but if you look at everything prior to that, they've been balling. They've been one of the most consistent teams. You got Puka Nakua. You also got, uh, uh, what's my man's name, Cooper Cup. Um, you got Matt Stafford who's been slinging that ball around. And you also have a great running game. And their defense, Raheem, uh, Raheem Morris, is having boys playing really, really well. So I would not be shocked if the L.A. Rams beat the Detroit Lions. Like, that is, I wouldn't even consider that an upset. But I know that it's probably going to be, you know, you lovely drafting better people. You know, you all be so close, worried about the money line. I'm pretty sure that the Detroit Lions got, you know, our favorite by that game. Now, <clears throat> I am also not counting out Kansas City. Um, I know that a lot of people have been ready to write off Kansas City just because they've looked horrible this year. But my thing is, until I see the champs lose, I'm not counting them boys up. This is a team that has won two out of the last three uh, championships. You know, granted, you know, they keep saying that Patrick Mahomes has never played a playoff game outside of Arrowhead. And this year, it looks like it's going to have to after this game, um, which is cool. But let's not act like Pat Mahomes ain't never, like, played outside of the realm like so you know if they play they win and beat they beat Miami you know they'll probably play against Buffalo or something like that Buffalo or even Baltimore I think Baltimore I wouldn't count I would, I would honestly would not count out the Kansas City Chiefs um, their defense has been what's carried them throughout this year for those 11 wins this year um, and I feel like Pat Mahomes is just gonna be like on my back y'all get on my back and I'm gonna take y'all to the finish line I don't know how you're gonna do it I don't know why, what makes me think that they're going to do it outside of the fact that I just believe in them. They haven't really shown me a whole lot of consistency on the offensive side of the ball, but I just feel like somehow Kadarius Tony is going to touch that Monstars basketball and get all of the superpowers that he had in last year's Super Bowl and figure it out. Um, also, same thing with Travis Kelsey. I think him sitting out this week um, probably helped him out a long ways as well as Pat Mahomes. So I'm not willing to, I'm not ready to write them boys off yet. I'm just not. Um, and then you also got the Cleveland Browns. Now, how can I say that I'm fully vested with Jose Flacco, but I'm not fully vested with the Cleveland Browns? Because that's where I am with the boys. I think that Kevin Stefanski, the head coach for the boys, should be up for coach of the year just based off the fact that this is what his third or fourth starting quarterback and they won 11 games. That ain't no, that is nothing to flinch at. Um, I know that their defense with Miles Garrett has been solid. Um, Amari Cooper has looked like a bona fide wide receiver since the Jose Flacco has been there 
But if much as I love Jose Flacco, let's not act like Jose Flacco hasn't been throwing like two or three interceptions per game. Like he's gonna throw you some, he's gonna throw you some wins, and he's also gonna throw you out of some games too. So I do believe in Jose Flacco for some reason, just because let's not act like this isn't a dude that won a Super Bowl MVP about ten years ago. But it's also again the Cleveland Browns are the AFC version of the Detroit Lions. Like you know, who really gonna believe in the boy? Like they've never even won anything since Jim Brown was a running back and Jim Brown retired early and was 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 on Mars attacks before you even sat there and got to sit down and see everything else that transpired from that Browns team so the Browns are an interesting enigma I think that they can play with anybody but it all depends on what Jose Flacco which Jose Flacco you about to be getting so um it'll be interesting if the Browns end up playing the Ravens in the in the in the playoffs in Baltimore what's that gonna be like so really really interesting um but if you're telling me right now i'm taking the ravens and the niners over the field um and i think uh, if i saw the analytics correctly i think that the niners had like over a 60 percent chance to win the nfc championship game and the ravens had like a 56 chance so that basically means that everyone's picking the niners and the ravens to run it back over the field um and I didn't even mention the Buffalo Bills because that is a team that almost was about to be possibly a 10-win team and didn't even make the playoffs. Um, the thing about the Buffalo Bills team is that they play sometimes up to a number two seeded team, and they also play as bad as a team that shouldn't be in the playoffs, which to me is a little bit too volatile. Um, if you think about that punt return that Hardy had last night, if you take that punt return away, the game was 14-14. Um, the Dolphins kind of stalled out in the second half, but... You know, the, the the Bills don't necessarily have a great pass rush. Like, yeah, they got Leonard Floyd, they got Von Miller, they got Ed Oliver, but Leonard uh, Von Miller, he's a shell of himself. Ed Oliver, yeah, he's got nine sacks this year, but, you know, what else can you do? So it's going to be really, really interesting to see which Buffalo Bills team shows up, but I'm not sold on them. Like I said earlier, the, the first podcast that I did for the NFL season, I said my team that I thought was going to fall off was the Tennessee Titans and the Buffalo Bills. And I would not be shocked. Uh, I would not be shocked if Sean McDermott uh, gets fired. And the fact that they are playing the Steelers this weekend, I honestly believe Sean McDermott is playing for his job this weekend um, against the Steelers. Because who wants to lose to the Steelers who have no faith in their starting quarterback and Kenny Pickett, where they're out here t- toting out Mason Rudolph um, as their starting quarterback? And their offense looks super duper limited as it was. And I know that last Saturday, I forgot who they played. Um, Oh, they played. No, they didn't play the Browns. I forgot who they played. They must have played. The, they played the Ravens. That's right. In a in a weather game, I'm I'm just not sold on Pittsburgh until they get a quarterback. So, you know, I made a post. I believe it was on Facebook that I was like, "Don't worry, Steelers fans. Kenny Pickett ain't coming back to save y'all." And I still stand on that because he's not that good. Um, it's just that simple. He's he's, he's just cool. Um, just like a lot of quarterbacks in this league this year has just been cool. I was talking to somebody earlier today. Um, and he was telling me about how he don't like Derek Carr. And I was like, okay, cool. You don't like Derek Carr. All right. Who are you bringing in right now that's going to be better? Russell Wilson? Outside of Russell Wilson and maybe Justin Fields, there are no other bona fide quarterbacks that are out there. And before any one of you Jameis Winston lovers opens up your mouth, I just want you to just say, remember, that Sean Payton chose Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater before Jameis Winston. Just, just, just put that out there. Um, just, just, just put that out there. This man threw 30 interceptions in one year. I rest my case. Um, 
So there's not a lot of quarterbacks out there where you can just go off the streets and be like, yeah, we got our thing. So you kind of you're kind of stuck with what you got at this point is the way I'm looking at it. So uh, it is what it is. Now, everybody knows that I am a diehard Las Vegas Raider fan. Um, they ended the season on a high note. I think they ended up when, you know, ending the season since uh, Antonio Pierce was a coach. I believe his record was five and four, including, I believe, a three game winning streak. Um, and, you know, the thing about Coach AP, whether he should get the job or not, <coughs> I say, yeah, he, he, he's done enough to be able to keep the job. But we also thought the same thing with Rich Basaccia about two years ago when he was actually even able to take his team to the playoffs, and they were within arm, a touchdown away from beating the eventual AFC champions in the Cincinnati Bengals, um, and they didn't keep him then. So there are a lot of interesting names that are floating out there for potential head coaches to be the Raiders' next head coach. I'm cool with AP. Like, yeah, I think AP makes the most sense. Like, that is a guy who was literally able to turn this franchise around in the middle of the season and at least make it a respectable make them a respectable team where people are like, oh, okay, they're missing a couple of pieces. I'm not too sold on Aiden O'Connell when you got Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and I don't know what they plan on doing with Josh Jacobs, but at least an offense that looks fluid when you got some better, you know, some, some weapons out there. I don't know if Aiden O'Connell is the guy. Um, I was talking to my homie Sergio last week, and we were just talking about how shady the whole Russell Wilson situation went down. I would be totally open with Russell Wilson coming to the Raiders. Like, I have no issues with that. I'm even okay with Justin Fields coming to the Raiders, um, and but I know uh, for a fact I'm not 100% sold on Aiden O'Connell. However, it's back on the coach. If you plan on, if you were to tell me Antonio Pierce is not going to be the Raiders coach because they're bringing in Jim Harbaugh, I will say this. I won't be happy with the hire. But I understand it. Jim Harbaugh was with the organization where he got his first coaching break was the quarterback's coach for, I believe it was either Gruden or Bill Callahan in the early 2000s. So he's, Mark Davis knows him really, really well. He knows the team really, really well. That's a hire where I would be like, hmm, I understand it. I don't, I don't love it, but I'm cool with it. Um, this dude knows how to coach. I think him, outside of him and Pete Carroll, those are the only two coaches that have played, that have coached in a Super Bowl and a BCS slash CFP final game. There's no other person that has done that outside of him and Pete Carroll, which ironically, they hate each other, which makes it even more funnier. So if you're telling me uh, Jim Harbaugh's coming, I'm cool with that. Now, somebody had the nerve to try to tell me that Bill Belichick is coming. If you're going to bring Bill Belichick over to the Raiders, you might as well kept Josh McDaniels because Bill Belichick is one that want all the bells and whistles and he ain't going to know what to do with it. There's no reason, and Mark Davis, I'm pretty sure, has learned his lesson that he does not, he does not, he does not want to do Patriots 2.0 again. It, it, it will be mind-blowing, because if that's the case, they're going to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to try to get everybody else that was a Patri a former Patriot and try to run this back, and it's going to be even worse than what it was to start the season. So, if Jim Harbaugh is a move that Mark Davis wants to make, I'm going to sit back and listen and see how it plays out as opposed to me having an uproar about why Josh McDaniel shouldn't have been the coach. I'm going to sit back and let this one play out and I'll be cool with it. But the ultimate job, it is for AP. I think that's it's been set in stone. I don't know what else that man can do to justify why he should keep that job. But those are your NFL takes for this week. Now we're going to move over and get some fast break takes with the NBA. So, 
I saw last week that the uh, the New York Knicks and the Toronto Raptors trade did a did a trade, which is kind of weird because they're in the same division, where they sent R.J. Barrett, they the Knicks sent R.J. Barrett uh, back up to his hometown of Toronto for O.G. O.G. Jinnanobi. I want to say his name correctly, and they also traded Emmanuel quickly away up to Toronto. That showed me two things: one, Tom Thibodeau and the New York Knicks ain't playing no games like they. They want to be a respectable team. Like, ah, yeah, that was a cool little season last year that they smoked the uh, Cleveland Cavs in six game, f- five or six games, and then they play, played a respectable second round game. I believe it was against Milwaukee or somebody like or Miami. Um, to me, that shows that they've given up on RJ Barrett. Like, RJ Barrett is going to be, you know, an eighteen to twenty point dude. He ain't never really going to be that star that they were looking for. Now, OG coming down from Toronto, who gave the Golden State Warriors problems. Um, in the 2019 finals is what they kind of need. Someone who can give you lockdown defending on the perimeter. And if he can give you anywhere between 16 and 18 points at a cheaper discount than what RJ Barrett is for, I'm all, you know, I'm all for it. Um, this gives the Knicks a little bit more flexibility where supposedly they're trying to get a star. I don't know who that star is. I know people keep saying Spider Mitchell, but let's be honest, like you put him, Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson in the same backcourt starting together. That's a small backcourt, and I love Jalen Brunson. Like, I, I think Jalen Brunson is a super-duper underrated slash undervalued guard in the league. Um, and small guard, small guard combos don't last long in the NBA. It's barbecue chicken all day long, especially in a league that's getting tall, lankier, um, and more of an athletic type of league. But... I'm not mad at the move that the Knicks made. I was like, hmm, at first I didn't understand it, but then I'm looking at it now, and the more I'm thinking about it with my analytical hat, OG kind of does what R.J. Barrett does, but he plays better defense, and he's a whole lot cheaper, um, where you could start looking at possibly the offseason and try to get a big-name free agent. Now, what that big-name free agent is, I don't know. I don't know what's out there at the end of this year, but it makes sense. Now, as much as people love to crap on the Dallas Cowboy fan base, the New York Yankees fan base, this fan base, these people are just wild. And that's the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm trying to figure out how they are trying to already, there's there's supposedly friction between Darvin Ham and the, and, and the Los Angeles Lakers. I'm sorry, wasn't it like just two, two, three weeks ago that the Lakers won this um, famed in-season tournament? Who was the coaching it? Was it Darvin Ham? Yeah, it was Darvin Ham, right? Yeah. So Darvin Ham was the coach of the in-season tournament. And three weeks later, y'all want to run his ass up out of town. Y'all love the in-season tournament so much that you all sat there and raised a banner and was selling merchandise on fanatics.com about this in-season tournament. And now y'all want to let this man go? And now y'all want y'all ready for LeBron James to do the whole LeBron trade um, where he's flipping rosters in the middle of the season to make another push. But two weeks ago, there was popping champagne bottles in the locker room like they won an actual championship over this in-season tournament. Now, the Lakers have gone 7-3-7 and three and seven in the last 10 games, and they have a homestand where I believe it's 10 out of the next 12, either 11 or 12 out of the next games are going to be at home. Um, I think I said Staples Center earlier. It's Crypto.com. Whatever the hell it is, it's still Staples Center for me. But you can't... <laughs> You can't just be like, what happened? So if anything, I will say this. If the Lakers do end up moving forward with Darvin, letting go to Darvin Ham this year, 
And they do do another roster haul, which I've been told that Rob Lincoln does not want to do. He wants to keep what he has and kind of just see how things play out before he flips the roster again. But I will say this. If they do one or both of those things, that diminishes the in-season tournament so much that I know that the league is not trying to do, where they're trying to bring value up, which is still a joke to me. But if they do that, it is pretty much going to wash away everything that we ever, that any little hope of an in-season tournament to make people want to care. Now, with that being said, as far as basketball goes, Look at man, that 83rd, that 83rd game is going to end up biting them in the ass, I feel like. Um, and it's already biting them in the ass. I think that they treated it like a playoff game. They went all in. They did their thug thizzle. And, you know, what happened, happened. So now they're kind of coming off of that. You know, I think when you go so fully vested in a game like that where there are something at stake, you know, it could be for a penis. But if you're saying that there's a trophy on the line, like players players are psychotic. Like, they're they going to they gonna go all out. But for them to do what they did... I think it, uh, I think it kind of drained them a little bit, but I'm not willing to just mail it in on these boys and just be like, all right, well, Darvin Han is trash. Um, you know, everybody else is like Roy Hachimura has been hurt. Um, a lot of the, their role players have been in and out of the lineup. I think Gabe Vincent hasn't played as much. So there's a lot of influx, you know, uh, uh, you know, fluidness going on with that roster where I don't know if I'm willing to just give up all the boys like that, um, just yet, but Y'all Lakers fans got to chill out, man. Like, y'all was literally just three weeks ago acting like y'all was going to win the championship because y'all won the stupid-ass in-season tournament, and now y'all want to just burn the whole damn building down because y'all won the in-season tournament. So, you know, y'all won the in-season tournament, but at what cost? Y'all are really just about to flip the entire team? Y'all are really going to fire the coach? That's weird, man. That is super-duper weird. Now, there has been a reason, speaking of L.A., why I have not spoken about the Clippers after they made the James Harden trade. I was quick to say, hey, I'm going to be a little bit reserved and I'm just going to hold back and I'm going to let let things play out. And that's what the problem is to kind of even go back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, people being super duper vested in what's going on with these celebrities and yada, yada, yada. People are so quick to be like, oh, this is trash or this ain't good or this isn't that. I'm very, very, very analytical i'm very i'm very calculative on the next move that i make and i did intentionally did not mention the, the clippers on any of my social media feeds i intentionally did not make any judgment calls on the clippers because i wanted to see how it would play out after the james Harden trade i saw that they got him and i was like okay cool it's an interesting move you got potentially four hall of fame players on that team who all need the ball to get you know to get jiggy with it who's gonna be the one to take the backseat so i you know i know they lost like five or six games in a row and it just didn't look good I kind of sat back and was like okay let's see what ends up happening with the boys and they were good and everything was good um and they look like they've been able to pick it up I think they won eight out of the last 10 and they've been falling out of control so they you know everybody just needs to sometimes just take it easy relax and just let things play out give it 10 to 12 games and see what you got but until then you can't just be ready to just write teams off just because they lost five games in a row with the, with new players that they didn't even have a training camp with. James Harden didn't even really have a training camp in Philadelphia. So you just got to let things play out and just take it easy and everything going to be all right, man. So I'm really, really impressed with what T-Lu's been able to do. Um, and he's been able to write the ship and, and, you know, get this thing together on the fly. I know Russell Westbrook has, you know, said he volunteered himself to go onto the bench. For the betterment of the team, that was a huge shout out to him for making that happen. But you know, you all just gotta sit back and relax sometimes. Now, this next team, I know for a fact when this team, when this trade happened, I was just like, "Why are you bringing another old geezer on a team with a whole bunch of other old geezers?" And that's 
the Golden State Warriors getting Chris Paul. And I was watching that game against the Detroit Pistons Friday night where he broke his hand. And I just kept thinking in my head, like, damn, I'm surprised this didn't happen sooner. Like, I'm surprised it's taken about 35 games for Chris Paul to get hurt. Um, and I'm not trying to sit there and, and wish any ill will on the man, but this man has been brittle pretty much for his entire, what is it, 16, 17, 18-year career that he's had now, where he's been brittle. Like, I mean, it is what it is. Like, he's not a durable guard. Something is always happening. And now my man's is going to be out four to six weeks. In a loaded Western Conference where you've got Minnesota, um, OKC, you still got Denver, um, you still got the Clippers, you still got the Suns. Like, you still, like, there's really nowhere for you to run and hide for easy wins. Like, you just got your head busted open to the Raptors last night, um, 137 or 118 or something like that. And now you got old-ass Chris Paul out here breaking his hand for just getting his hand caught up in a jersey. And now you're lacking depth because Draymond Green is probably about another week away from getting on the court. Moses Moody, he complaining about not getting any burn. And Jonathan Kaminga, he was so mad, he sat there and cut his own hair. Ain't no way in the world you're going to tell me that Jonathan Kaminga paid somebody for that haircut. He sat there and got some T-line clippers and went to ham sandwich by himself with that damn hairline that he had. He ought to be ashamed of himself. Like, that's how mad. Do you know how mad you got to be about not having playing time where you just literally get some clippers and just start going ham sandwich on your scalp? That's, you got to be pretty pissed off, man. And then have the uh, then have the, the 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 boldness to step out on the court the next day with that rainbow hairline looking like Zach from Power Rangers to go out there and, and do the things that he did. So the Warriors are in trouble. I would probably say if they don't make a trade to get rid of Kaminga, Moody, and load up as many draft picks as you can to go get a DeMar DeRozan, a Zach Levine, um, a Jared Allen, because they also need size, but they are they will if in order for you, for the Warriors to be able to have a championship window, I would even try to call Kevin, you know, try to call Matt Ishbia of the Phoenix Suns and see if Kevin Durant's available if he's really that unhappy of Phoenix and mortgage off the future. Because the Suns ain't got no bench, which is clearly showing. Bradley Beal don't feel like playing basketball because he keep talking about his back keep hurting for whatever reason, and they don't have a bench. So, and if Kevin Durant is really unhappy as people are saying that he is, he's going to probably ask for a trade sooner than later. So you might as well try to get Kevin Durant. you got Steph Curry, who's still playing at a top 10 level player. And then you bring Kevin Durant, who's probably, I think, having another 50, 40, 90 player, who's, who's another top 10 player in the league. You might as well just go all in, ride this thing off, and then you just be like, hey, we won. I don't know. Let's just say they win the championship maybe this year. Let's just say they get one more out the deal because Steve... Uh, Clay Thompson's a free agent this year. Steve Steve Kerr's contract's up, up at the end of this year. Who knows if Joe Lacob wants to keep paying the luxury tax for this team that's now even getting close to the championship. Um, but I think you, I think right now, if Mike Dunleavy is alive, because I don't, I haven't seen Mike Dunleavy at all this season. I think that's who they named that the G. He's going to be the general manager. Yeah, wherever he is, I hope he's aware of what's going on and he's making phone calls now or later. He needs to try to figure out if Pascal Siakam up in Toronto is available. He needs to see what's going on in Chicago to see if any one of those three dudes, either Vucevic, um, DeRozan, or even Zach Levine is available. Um, he can go down to, I don't know where else is, who else might be available right now. Um, hell, even Brooklyn to see if they want to come up off of, uh, 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 what's my guy's name? Mikael Bridges. But he's going to have to make some phone calls to see if anybody's willing to come up off of anybody. Because this team right here is not a championship team. Like, I would be surprised. I was talking to my sister last night. 
I would be shocked if the Warriors win more than 41 games this year. If they win more than 41 games this year, I would consider that a successful season. Hell, I'm not even talking about the play-in or nothing like that. I'm talking about them just going 500 this year. If they go 500 this year, I think that is a success. Um, but the way this team is built right now, no. You know, to quote the great Jim Mora, senior RIP, playoffs? We talk about playoffs? Hell no, nah, that's not happening with this team. Um, and I know Draymond Green is coming back next week. Um... I don't even think he can save this team. I, I honestly don't. Jeremiah Green, for some reason, is not going to go from being a 6'6 power forward to a 6'10, 7-foot center um, within the next within the next week. They lack size. They're getting beat up too much in, the, in down low in the paint. Klay Thompson is playing a little bit better, but it's either like Klay Thompson's having a good night and Steph isn't, or Steph is having a good night and Klay is. Like, it's like they got ham, you know, Kool-Aid, no sugar, ham, no booger. Uh, peanut butter, no jelly. It's like they, they just can't get it together on the same page. Like one is always going to have a good night and the other one isn't. I would definitely get rid of Andrew Wiggins as of yesterday and see what else you can get. So those are your NBA fast break takes. Um, you've been listening to the first episode of the 2024 Sports Business Podcast available on all platforms. I am your host, Eric Conson. But before we get up out of here, I definitely want to do the dummy of the day. And that is that Atlanta Falcons and New Orleans Saints game. I don't know who in particular I want to give that dummy of the day to because Arthur Smith out here, he sat there and looked like an ass in there raising hell because Jameis Winston went rogue and, and, and gave Jamal Williams, uh, they were lined up in the victory formation and handed the ball off even though Dennis Allen told the team to go take a knee on the one and then Arthur Smith blows up and as he's blowing up, Dennis uh, Dennis Allen got his hand around that man waist sitting there flashing on him. Um, Here's the thing. I don't know who is the dummy of the day, but I will say this. All parties involved should be the dummy of the day. First of all, Dennis Allen should not be the coach of the New Orleans Saints as of yesterday. If your, if your backup quarterback is out here like, I'm going to go do what I need to go do, that's a red flag, bro. Like, that just shows me that your team, you have no authority in that locker room. Like, they do not respect you. They do not like you. And they don't care. That's number one. That's strike one. Strike two. If they wanted homie to get the ball, to have the touchdown so bad, I'm not mad at that. You play to the final whistle. My only takeaway from that would be is don't line up in victory formation. Like victory formation is usually like you waving a white flag. Now, if you sat there lined up like a regular, you know, a regular play and it looked like you was actually going to do something, then all, all bets are off. But if you're going to be in victory formation, all right, cool. And then number three, the Atlanta Falcons. Arthur Smith, you did all that ranting and raving just for you get to, just for you to get fired last night. And what you thought that rant was going to do? You thought that I was going to keep you to save your job? And then not to mention, they damn near put up 50 points on your ass last night. And you sitting there, you going to get mad about that? Them scoring another seven points was not going to make the, margin, the, the beating even worse than what it was. So for you to sit here and do all that ranting and raving for no reason made you look like a bigger fool than you are. Now you're an unemployed fool. Um... So I'm just going to say that entire situation, everybody that's involved gets the dummy of the day. Now, I will say this. There are a lot of teams that are a lot of players and former players that are coming to the rescue of Jameis Winston. I've been told that he is a well-liked dude and that players love that guy. But I think Jameis Winston may be on the move. Um, my thing is nobody wanted him during the trade deadline. Think about that. People got like Jose Flacco. Carson Wentz, um, some guy named P.J. Tucker, or P.J., P. I don't know his name, P.J. Tucker, or what, P.J. Walker, 
um, for the Cleveland Browns got signed. Um, a guy named Tim Boyle got some got some burn. A Rocket man named Josh Dobbs got some burn. Um, Nick Mullins, who last time I have to remember, I think he was starting behind Clown and Kaepernick about 10 years ago. He got some burn this year. Jimmy Garoppolo got some burn. A rookie named Aiden O'Connell got some burn. Jared Stenham got burned. Um, who else got some burn this year? The, 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 uh, 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 Marcus Mariota even got some burn last night. Like, I'm just naming off a whole bunch of quarterbacks that got more burn than Jameis Winston. And I'm not even talking about with the Saints. I'm just talking about nobody even made, picked up the phone to ask for Jameis Winston. So, yeah, he's probably a good guy, but apparently GMs know something that we must know something more than we don't, where this man didn't even get an offer for a trade when the Vikings could have used him, the Browns could have used him. Hell, the Jets definitely needed him. Um, and they was just like, nah, we good. We good off of Jameis. So, I don't know if he'll be on the team next year, but I also don't know like if he does end up leaving. Does he just want to be a guy holding the clipboard, or does he still have something left in the tank? So, there's some soul searching that needs to happen in New Orleans next year, um, where they took you know. But it definitely starts at the top. Like if Dennis, if if players ain't respecting Dallas Island to the point where they're even lining up like they're gonna do something, and they just go completely rogue, then that's that that's not good. And then also Dennis Allen, your team went rogue. Cool, whatever, that's fine. But you as a coach, you are the head coach. You don't go up on the podium after post game and be like, oh, nah, that ain't had nothing to do with me. That's strictly on the players. Like, that is a that is a punk move right there. You're the head coach. Own it. Take accountability. You know what? Yeah, we did do that. We played at the final whistle. This is a rivalry game. We wanted to beat the living breaks out of them. We wanted to set the tone for next year. And, you know, it is what it is. I would have been cool with that. And then you go have the conversation with your team. But you don't go up on the podium after the game. And found out your boys like that, like, oh, I ain't had nothing to do with that, you know, or, you know, that that was something that they did, that that was that was really a punk move by you, bro. And I, if I was the the the, the Saints family or the, the team that owns the Saints, I would strongly consider firing your ass just because you didn't stick up for your boys, and that's gonna be something that players, when it's time for them to start making moves and personnel moves and think about New Orleans, they're gonna think about that. I promise you, they're gonna think about, oh yeah, coach don't he don't stick up for us. He ain't taking one for the team. So I believe it was Nick Sirianni last week when AJ Brown ran like a, he improvised on the route and Nick Sirianni even sat there and took one for the team was like, you know, I forgot what he said, but he, you know, AJ Brown a few days later came out on the record and be like, yeah, coach took one for the team and I did something that I wasn't supposed to be doing. I ran off a route that it wasn't there and, you know, he still stuck up for me and covered it up. That's a head coach that people want to play for. Not it's not a, a coach that's gonna be like, oh, I ain't nothing to do with it, but it is what it is. Anyways, but like I said, the Saints Falcons game, everybody get the W today for that. I don't know who you want to throw it out to, but if your glove fits, you good. Anyways, you've been listening to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host Eric Compton. We do the show once a week. Um, it's available on all platforms where you get your podcast from. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Until then, I will see you all next week. We are out. <laughs>